What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. I am back home from Miami. Spent an awesome week with a ton of Bitcoiners down there uh, at the Bitcoin 2022 conference, and it was a hell of a time. And so I figured for today's new show, uh, being back home, we could chat a little bit about the goings on in Miami Beach and uh, some of the big announcements, some of my personal experiences. It's going to be impossible to cover it all, but I will do my best. Of course, as always, this is live. Anything can happen. So I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. If you haven't already, please do hit like, subscribe, share, all those things super important. They really do help get the show in front of more eyeballs. And I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. All right, before we hit the news, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. This is the bitbo.io dashboard. Uh, by the way, shout out to Chris Gimmer, so, who I did uh, see down there in Miami, who created this fine dashboard here. Uh, we're sitting at $39,976 per coin. A single US dollar will pick you up 2502 Sats, 90.53% of all Bitcoin have been mined. In terms of fees, eight sats per byte for the next block. If you're willing to wait an hour, one sat per byte should be just fine. Uh, shout out to sponsors of the show, shapepay.com. Uh, also, big shout out to them for bringing down uh, Mike and Cody, who got free airfare and accommodation and tickets to Bitcoin 2022. I hope you guys had an awesome time. It was great grabbing lunch with you guys. So, Cheers to both of you. Uh, but anyways, shakepay.com, if you're in Canada, easy way to stack sats. E-transfers are super simple. They get loaded in minutes. Thin spread, no deposit fees, no withdrawal fees. If you use the link down below to sign up and buy your first $100 worth of Bitcoin, they will give you 30 bucks for free and you get the same deal if you refer other friends and family. And then you can shake your phone every single day for free sats. They've also got a sats back Visa card, which I've done videos on. So check them out. Uh, Lend.io, you can use your Bitcoin for a ton of different services. Saw these guys down in Miami as well. Uh, they've got Bitcoin mortgages. Take a look. Those are uh, those are coming in hot. So check them out. Uh, but if you're in a pinch, you need your hands on dollars, but you don't want to sell your Bitcoin. Well, you can use these guys. You deposit Bitcoin, get a loan of dollars to your bank account within 24 hours. When you pay back those dollars, you get back the same amount of Bitcoin. They also have savings accounts for Bitcoin and USDC. They got their B2X offer and they got it all. Check them out. Links are down below. Uh, BitRefill. Also saw these guys down there. Everybody was down there hanging out in uh, Miami. Uh, they really helped me uh, live on Bitcoin because at BitRefill, you can grab any gift card you like for Bitcoin both on-chain and Lightning Network, uh, which I use a ton. You earn sats back as you shop. And if you want even more sats back, you can use their referral program to uh, earn a little extra. So check them out as well. They're down below. Uh, Keystone, you know these guys. One of my favorite most used hardware wallets. Totally air-gapped. You don't plug it into anything internet connected. Keeps the keys to your money safe and away from internet connections. And uh, if you, rec I highly recommend, obviously, that you upgrade to the Bitcoin-only firmware. Uh, it works awesome with Blue Wallet, Sparrow, Spectre. It's great in a multi-sig. Check them out. I do have a full tutorial on them as well. Links are down below. 
And finally, if you're backing up any important Bitcoin wallet, get in steel, guys. Obviously, uh, I saw the Bill Fottle guys down in Miami doing their thing, doing awesome. And uh, and yeah, this is how you back up uh, an important Bitcoin wallet. It's how I do it. You don't want fire damage or water damage or any of that kind of stuff. So grab a Bill Fottle over at privacypros.io. Shout out to you guys. Glad I could see you down there. With that, let's dive into kind of what happened down in, in Miami. There's There's a lot to take in. I tried to take in as much as I could. Um, the two main things that I really wanted to see were what Samson Mao had to say and what Jack Mallers had to say. I saw plenty of other stuff and we'll get to that, but let's let's cover the meat of it here first. So Samson Mao's announcement was interesting and it had kind of three facets to it. He was alluding to a lot of different stuff and there was some buildup around it. Now, I... Uh, you know, the announcements this year, they, I, I heard a lot of buzz around like, oh, it's going to blow out, blow last year out of the water. But like, how do you top the first nation state on earth actually uh, endorsing and, and making Bitcoin a legal tender? Uh, the answer is, is you kind of don't, right? That's, that's kind of like a once in a lifetime announcement to be present and, and experiencing that at a time when nobody expected something like that, that to happen. So in a way, I think we're a little bit spoiled in having experienced that last year. That said, these are still interesting things that, that were said here. So Samson Mao basically came in with different varying levels of legislation in three different countries uh, in regards to Bitcoin. So uh, first... He had um, somebody from Honduras in a, a place called Prospera, okay? And it's a, an economic development hub located in Honduras. And uh, basically, they're saying that Bitcoin will act as legal tender there. Um, no personal investors pay no personal income taxes there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a de facto legal tender. On top of this people are going to be able to float Bitcoin bonds. All right. So you're going to be able to create a Bitcoin backed bond uh, and, and create them in Prospera and neighboring jurisdictions within Honduras. So in a way, they're kind of beating El Salvador to the punch with that stuff related. Okay. Uh, with, with their volcano bonds, more or less. Um, they also talk about Madeira. It is a, an autonomous region off the coast of Portugal. Um, and the president of Madeira came in and said that again, kind of de facto legal tender there, no personal income taxes, no capital gains. And I think, uh, the corporate taxes are, are pretty low, uh, in comparison to other jurisdictions. And again, um, you know, another potential place, uh, not that different from Portugal though, because in Portugal, no cap gains on on Bitcoin sales as well. So it's kind of a step above what Portugal is doing. And it's another region that you could look at as a Bitcoiner if you're kind of thinking of flag theory and, hey, maybe where do I want to go? Where do I want to go and, and live on my sats and, and earn Bitcoin and so on and so forth? It's something that could be on the docket. Now, the other interesting thing, and this is, I want to say it could have been the biggest deal, but it's it's it, it actually came across as more of a this will be a huge deal if a number of things happen. And that was that uh, 
Indira Kempis, a senator in Mexico, announced that she plans to propose regulation that will recognize Bitcoin as legal tender in Mexico. Now, zooming out, the implications of Mexico adopting Bitcoin as legal tender would be crazy. Because like right now you can look and say, oh, El Salvador, it's well, you know, I don't think this, but others just kind of wave it off. Well, it's it's a small country. doesn't really matter. It's, uh, you know, um, one of the poorest nations in the Americas. And, you know, it's been kind of a, a rocky ride there. Uh, and sure, that's fair. While, while simultaneously introducing bills investigating the threat that this has to the U.S. dollar. So, you know, clearly some people get what's going on and how this is just kind of a first step. But Mexico would be a whole other ballgame because it's it's no longer like a small, poor nation. This is a a large nation in which the passport basically gets you most of the same uh, benefits as having a U.S. or Canadian passport, barring a few countries. So if you watch uh, people like the nomad capitalist, um, you know, a Mexican passport is actually quite good to have on a global scale. So um and it's not it's again it's not a poor nation like mexico does pretty well on the global uh in in, in ranking in, in the globe so here's the thing though it's it's not a done deal they're proposing legislation that then has to be voted upon and then approved and what we ended up seeing was the 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 legislation that's being proposed is effectively there's a draft bill calling for a central bank digital currency to be legal tender in Mexico. Um, yeah. And claims Nate state intervention is native to human rights. So basically, and I'll read some of the cliffs notes here. Mexican Senator in Indira Kempis recently introduced draft legislation, amending the country's monetary law to include currencies issued by the central bank. Um, Kempis outlines in repetition that the, that intervention from the Mexican state is necessary to success uh, to the success of the financial system in Mexico. She also says the state intervention inter intervention is native and inevitable for the citizenry of Mexico to possess human rights and for the development of society. Basically, again, they're they're saying like, let's make a CBDC, which <laughs> somebody on Twitter outlined. Uh, they had a great hashtag for it. They called them tyranny tokens, <laughs> which, which I like. But so a lot of people saw this and were like, a politician saying one thing and doing another? Shocked. How could this possibly happen? Um, now, somebody else had a different take on it. And Samson Mouse seemed to uh, agree with this take. So um, this person on Twitter, Mononautical. Uh, to steal man the strategy for a moment, uh, this could actually be very clever. In Mexico, bills proposed by senators follow this procedure. One, reading in the Senate. Two, one member speaks briefly in favor, another against. Three, the Senate votes to throw whether or not to throw the bill out. Four, if it survives, the bill goes to a committee for study and analysis. Then the committee returns a proposal to the Senate for full debate. Then proposed legislation goes back and forth between amendment by committee and debate in the Senate until it is thrown out or approved. 
If Indira Kempis directly proposed Bitcoin as legal tender, the bill would never make it past the first vote in step three. On the other hand, a pro-CBDC bill is very likely to reach the committee and debate stages because the central bank and government are already pursuing that course. Crucially, the bill amends legal tender laws with financial inclusion as the explicit goal. This opens the door to discuss other solutions to financial inclusion using those laws, including Bitcoin. But such a debate can't happen until a relevant bill reaches this stage. It seems like a risky move, but it isn't really. A CBDC is inevitable at this point, but preemptively bringing it to the Senate herself, Senator Kempis gains some control over the process and earns a prominent place in the debate that in the debates that follow. And then he asked Samson Mao, how close is he? And he basically said it's spot on. So they're trying to this announcement of like, hey, we're going to introduce a bill to get Bitcoin as legal tender in Mexico. And if that happens, then, you know, that's a huge deal. More or less amounts to, hey, let's let's propose a CBDC on our own accord and try to Trojan horse some discussion about Bitcoin in there in hopes that all that will turn around and result in Bitcoin as legal tender. It's a long fucking shot. <coughs> I'm not super confident that's going to happen. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like the announcement was made to be a much bigger deal than it actually is. It would be huge if it happened, but it didn't happen. It hasn't happened in my opinion, seems unlikely to happen at this stage. We shall see. Let's move on. Let's talk about Jack Mallers. Oh, this doesn't like to load. Okay, reload. Um, so Jack Mallers had his announcement uh, regarding strike integration with the world's largest point of sale providers and with, uh, with Shopify. Okay, so point of sale meaning Basically, he integrated with um, the providers that would be the equivalent of one in six point of sale terminals on Earth. And he, uh, uh, on top of the Shopify thing, which is available now, Strike is integrated with Shopify. Cool. Awesome. That's that's great. Um, <coughs> another easy way for people to use Bitcoin. Um, what he announced here is that Strike is enabling merchants like brick and mortar merchants to easily accept Bitcoin without any necessary physical upgrade to their infrastructure. So it's it's literally a software upgrade. What this would allow individuals to do is not just use like Strike or a custodial solution to pay for goods at brick and mortar stores. It would enable individuals to use any lightning wallet that they chose and the list of merchants that this encapsulates is is quite big right it's it's people like walmart and and mcdonald's and uh you know there's some u.s chains that i'm not super familiar with but I, i'm you know are, are i'm told are quite large and uh influential so it, it it would mean that if again this rolls out in its entirety and all of these terminals have it available it would be a, a huge deal like you could go and and pay for basically anything you needed and just live off bitcoin that's super awesome now the thing that i liked is in the demo video jack showed himself in a store basically proof of concept how this would work and his first demo 
It was not him using Strike. It was not him using Cash App or something like that. It was him using Zap, which is a Lightning wallet that connects to his own node, which is running at home with Lightning channels that he himself has set up. And he could have been mining those coins earlier. So like nobody knows whose coins there are. It's all done over Tor and there's no kind of like identification requirement in that transaction. So what he's done here is enabled the return of, of cash levels of privacy where you don't need to give up your firstborn child and every other, you know, like give a DNA sample to, to buy a candy bar. So he walks into this store. He has a, a wallet set up connected to his own note at home. It's all done over Tor. All the liquidity is his own. And he pays for Coke over Tor, which turned into a meme very quickly after he said it. <laughs> but I digress. Um, you know, this is an, I'd say an exciting announcement. It's It's pretty cool what can be done here. It is not rolled out yet. In in the presentation, he said Spotify is, or not Spotify, Shopify is is live now. Uh, but in the coming months, this will be rolled out. What is unclear to me is how much this is opt in. You know, like is it just a, a quick, whatever? Um, you know, a, a push of a button. Is it automatic? Do, will these things uh, uh, update on their own and it'll just work? This this announcement seems like a slow burn, right? Like it comes out. There's a lot of people that were very excited, but there's also a lot of people that were very dismissive. Like, oh, it's BitPay. It's different than BitPay. Like BitPay, it, you know, went the route of like bending the knee and having excessive amounts of KYC. And like it was just kind of BitPay fucking blows is what I'm getting at. This doesn't seem to be that again because it it, it reintroduces the idea that this it can be as as private as cash if you want it to be, and so I think that's a big thing. I think over time this will be felt more and more, um, but it's going to not just take a few months to where that's available, but I think it's going to take years to where it just gradually becomes ubiquitous that you can just walk in and pay with Bitcoin. So while we don't really, you know, a number of people don't really give a shit right now, it'll just be one day where it's like, well, of course I can pay with Bitcoin in, in any store. Like, you know, it'll have been like that gradual, it's just available and you don't really notice that creep until it's just everywhere. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. But again, like, how do you, how do you one up what he said last year? I don't think that ever will be the case again. I don't, you know, that's, that was a once in a lifetime feeling to be sitting with a group of people listening to the fact that a, the first nation state on earth has declared Bitcoin legal tender at a time when nobody expected it. Um, again, in a group of people that got it while the world at large won't get it for a decade. That was a pretty special moment. I don't want to detract from what Jack has done here. This is a still a massive deal. And had we not been spoiled with what happened last year, this probably would have been much bigger news. Um, but, you know, hats off to him. He's building cool shit. He's making things a lot more accessible. And he's doing it in a way where people can, if they choose to, be self-sovereign about it. Like his first example of using his own node and his own sats in a private way. So, yeah, hats off to Jack. I think that's awesome. Good for him. Um, let's move on. This was a big moment for me in, uh, 
in in Miami here. Uh, obviously, things were pretty dicey here in Canada for myself and a number of others uh, near the beginning of the year. There was the whole convoy protest, everything. You know, I was involved in along with uh, a, an, another a, a number of people that are on the screen here in helping raise funds via Bitcoin uh, for a number of people that were protesting. And uh, very quickly, obviously, the Emergencies Act was enacted. Bank accounts started getting frozen. Um, a lot of crazy stuff went on. Uh, still kind of ongoing. Things have cooled down a little bit. Um, the current thing changed. That maybe took some of the heat off. But regardless, uh, it, it was pretty stressful. Um, and I think a number of the individuals involved were also quite stressed about it. Uh, but this was the first time that all five of us were in a room together, ever. Uh, I obviously knew Jeff and, and Greg before. I've met them before. But it was my first time meeting BJ, and it was my first time meeting Nick. Uh, so we had a lot of good hugs. I'm not going to lie. I teared up a little bit. Just having been what we've been through together over the past few months and to finally see each other in person for the first time all together. It, yeah, it was a pretty... Um, a, a pretty uh, I, I don't I don't really know how to describe it, but it, it was an intense moment for me. And uh, I really appreciate it being able to see all these guys there. So hats off to them. Nick is I've got to say Nick is like the friendliest guy I think I may have ever met in my entire life. And uh, yeah, man, he's still going through it. Uh, but he's uh, he's he's like just this beacon of positivity. So Nick, it was awesome meeting you. BJ, it was awesome meeting you, having some lunch and everything too. And as always, Jeff and Greg were just great people. So uh, really awesome to see them. Now, in the same vein, and I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent here, but obviously there were privacy implications in and around uh, the, the convoy, um, the funds that were raised and everything. Didn't really stop Bitcoin from getting where it needed to be, but in part... Uh, some of it got held up in, in different things. Um, and one of the responses to that was was people to start helping and building with better privacy tools uh, that could have helped this. I met one of the guys that did. Uh, his name uh, is, well, his, his NIM is Super Testnet, but he created something called Whisper Addresses. <laughs> and I, my favorite is the description of why. <laughs> why he created this um and we got chatting about it and everything he's like <laughs> i wonder who we could possibly be talking about here imagine you want to create a website to help protesters receive bitcoin in a country where protesting is illegal you might create a spreadsheet that has the names of some of the protesters and their bitcoin addresses then put that spreadsheet online so people can find it easily and make their donations i don't condone doing that by the way uh, but hey, uh, one of the problems with that approach is that donors aren't the only people that will see the page. The country's authorities could find the site, too, and order exchanges in their country to blacklist those addresses, quote, if they try to cash out that Bitcoin, confiscate it. <laughs> so I, I really am at a loss as to who he's talking about here and what, what he's talking about. But let's keep going. This is where whisper addresses are helpful. Whisper addresses allow you to put something called a linking key into the field where Bitcoin addresses would go. Linking keys allow each visitor to your site to generate a Bitcoin address that belongs to the person who created the linking key. Each visitor will generate a whisper Bitcoin address 
which no one can associate with the linking key except the person who generated it and the recipient of the money. Each whisper address will start out empty. If the police visit the site, they will see an address that no one has ever seen before and which will likely never be seen again after the police leave the site. They can blacklist the address, but there's no money in it, for so it's no big deal. Each legit visitor will also generate a whisper address that belongs to the intended recipient. These whisper addresses will also be things that were uh, be things that were never seen before and therefore are not on the police's blacklist. If the user sends money to it, they can also send some data to the intended recipient that allows them to find the address on the blockchain and withdraw the money into their own regular wallet. In short, the why of whisper addresses is censorship resistance. Whisper addresses are unique for each visitor to the site, cannot be associated with the recipient, and cannot be blacklisted by exchanges. Damn. Gotta check that out. Maybe that's gonna be a video in the future how to use it. So yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, there's some demo videos that they did on Twitter. Pretty cool. Uh, you know, here's Pleb Lab on Twitter that had a video of it. So um, yeah, Th this is why I'm bullish also on privacy because like I was talking to a lot of people in Miami about this, but I think back to when the number one issue for Bitcoin was scaling. Everybody was freaked out about scaling in 2017. Um, we didn't have SegWit. We didn't have Lightning Network. Look at us years later and and I'm not worried at all about scaling. Like we've scaled incredibly well. There's even more stuff on the horizon for scaling. We're, we're going to be fine. Um, then I think of right now and privacy seems to be front of mind for most people right now. That's a kind of a big issue that people are focusing on. And we've got more tools for privacy right now than we did in 2017 for scaling. And Privacy has just kind of been pushed to the forefront recently. So think five years out of all of the incredible shit that's going to be built by then with the existing privacy stuff that we have right now. So I love seeing stuff like this. Uh, hats off to Super Testnet. Uh, pretty cool. Let's keep going. Uh, so let's talk some of the other <coughs> some of the other talks that happened. One of the ones that I really enjoyed was um, holding up the billionaire capital allocators. It's not one that I thought I would be super interested in, but, uh, but it was pretty great. Uh, Greg Foss headed this one up as the moderator. Um, first thing he did is he came out on stage with a Canadian flag and he took the like the blunt end of the stick. And he basically said, this is this is a Bitcoin conference, not a shitcoin conference. If I hear any of it, I'm going to come and give you a love tap on the head with my flag. Um, so I like that. I also like that Greg basically didn't sit down for the entire panel. He just paced around and then gave a rant in between people's talks. So that, that was super funny. Um, the thing about this panel that I really enjoyed was, uh, kind of the, the evident brain drain that is Bitcoin, that all of these individuals, you know, have, uh, what are the names here? Orlando Bravo, Dan Tapiero, Ricardo Salinas, Marcelo Clower, Clory. I'm not sure how to say his last name, but the, like these guys who are guys that have created massive, massive companies, um, been experts at allocating capital, efficiently building wealth, and they're they're pulling all of their focus from their previous ventures to focus in on Bitcoin. Like they are actively allocating like huge portions of their wealth. In the case of Salinas, 
sixty uh, percent of his wealth into into Bitcoin. Um, and so I, I've got to say, Ricardo Salinas, I was asleep on him, man. Like he he is deep down that rabbit hole, and his talk was fucking fire. Uh, he outlined his experience in Mexico uh, through hyperinflation in the 1980s. And he basically showed that in, in 1980, he was making $2,000 a month equivalent US dollars in pesos. And he was doing quite well for himself, obviously, like especially back in, the, in 1980. Um, in eight years, that same number of pesos equivalent in us dollars it went from two thousand dollars worth of pesos to twenty dollars worth of pesos like it, it it got absolutely decimated i was not even aware of the hyperinflation that happened in mexico in the 80s i i didn't know it was that recent and i didn't know it was that bad but he lived through it he understood it and um he's seeing the same qualities to our currencies now but in major countries and so he seems to be right, right on top of things. And on top of it, he was he, on this panel of billionaires. He kept on correcting people that would say crypto. He'd be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. We mean Bitcoin. Like, I don't know why we would put any money in shitcoins when it's clear that this is what's important. So, so <laughs> I quite enjoyed Salinas and all this stuff. Um, now, Kevin O'Leary was there. I don't know about Kevin O'Leary. Now he did say he's like, he's going hard into Bitcoin mining. Um, he, he previously hated Bitcoin. He kind of dove in head first. Now um, he's now said that he's getting into uh, like green mining. Um, so he said that he's going to be doing it for the next 10 years, basically hydro powered Bitcoin mining and, and other forms of clean energy. Also, nuclear power, he's super interested in. And that's all well and good, but holy fucking shit. This guy could not keep shit coins and NFTs and all that trash out of his mouth the entire weekend. Like, he just, he couldn't help himself. Every time he's on stage, every time there's a mic in front of his face, Ethereum, NFT, like, all of this crap. And they tell, like, I've seen the emails to speakers. They say, like, Okay, this is a Bitcoin conference. Can you guys like keep it on on focus? If you want to go talk about that shit somewhere else, go talk about. It. I received that email. I received that email. He for sure. I mean, not that he fucking read it, but like, can you not help yourself for like half a second? Not to mention like some trash. Like all. Oh god. So, anyways, I was passing him when I was going to get on the 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 stage to uh. <laughs> to do the like ms uh the uh espn style news desk he was coming off and i was going on but i was like Ugh, just kind of went around him as people swarmed to get pictures boo uh okay what else did i see down there if you couldn't tell by my shirt i picked up a ronin dojo super excited about this uh they don't ship outside of the u.s right now uh but this is a back end for samurai wallet and whirlpool and uh got myself one so you might not be able to see it but it's on the shelf behind me over here uh over next to my umbral note as well they're gonna be friends they're gonna hang out together for a while uh and i will be doing a video on this i'm, I'm quite excited about that so uh yeah check that out there's a few other things that kind of you know a few of the things that caught my eye while i was down there the bitcoin company obviously 
headed up by the Benz. We got to talk about the Benz in a second. I didn't even have that queued up, but we'll. So, anyways, this uh, allows you to spend dollars, earn sats back um, with regular your regular credit cards and everything. Uh, looks kind of sweet. I'm going to be dabbling in this uh, pretty soon here. Um, yeah, pretty excited about that. By the way, the Benz. <laughs> okay, okay, let's uh, let's just let's just remove this for a second. Let's let's chat about the Benz. <laughs> If you're unfamiliar, there's a lot of bends in Bitcoin. Um, I will neither confirm or deny that I'm part of a private chat group with, uh, I believe, somewhere in the realm of 18 bends in Bitcoin. I will, again, will neither confirm nor deny that that has taken place. Uh, but there has been uh, an, an uprising of individuals that are not happy about this attack on the uh the ratio of male names in the space and they worry that there's a 51 percent attack underway so there's been some pushback so this obviously it became a meme there's a lot of bitcoin bands i think there were six including myself speaking at the conference but many more were in attendance uh and so during the recording of tales from the crypt the rabbit hole recap with matt odell and marty bent there was a protest counter protest so people brought out signs and they were holding them up like I stand with Ben or Ben's build. And then other people just had signs that said like, fuck the Ben's. And, uh, and I think I saw a quote on Twitter saying, this is the most interesting subplot of the conference. Uh, I agree. It was excellent. I was super, <laughs> I thought it was super hilarious. Okay. What else is on my, my, my radar pay with moon. Uh, I saw this again, very interesting. You can create a, uh, create a, a digital visa card and then um, load it with Bitcoin and then make regular purchases. Going to be playing with this as well. Uh, you can add it to your browser as a plugin. Kind of cool. I'll be checking that out. And then this, uh, I, I said that I'm, I'm kind of focusing on mining this year. That's very much on my radar. Uh, and then I went to the home mining panel. First of all, shout out to Econo Alchemist. Um, uh, he did some awesome articles about this and I first time meeting him super nice guy and he knows a shit about mining, but I've got to say, I saw future bit on the stage there. They were talking about that. And Matt O'Dell seemed to think that this is pretty fucking cool. Um, one node, one miner, one person. And, uh, yeah, so it has six cores, four gigabytes of Ram, one terabyte drive, and it's pretty affordable. 44 ASIC cores, three terahash, a second of hash power with less than 200 watts. I'm told that's good. I'm told that's quite good uh, for the amount of power that it uses. So you can just like plug it into a wall outlet if you wanted to. You don't need like specialized plugs. You don't need a uh, an electrician to come to your house and put in a stove plug or anything. So I'd love to get my hands on one of these. I'm going to see about this and and maybe do a video on it uh, and and see what happens. Matt O'Dell made the case for, hey, this is, you know, even, even if you're not making quite as much Bitcoin with this, it's still pretty efficient. And uh, when you're making your calculation, like you should be okay in this case with potentially, even if you weren't making a profit or, or as much of a profit, technically speaking, even if you're breaking even, it's, it's the equivalent of just buying Bitcoin, right? Because you're getting Bitcoin back on the, the, the item that you purchase. So as long as you break even over time, then that's fine. Um, he, he also said, and it was a good point, 
you should maybe be okay with even taking a, a paying a slight premium in order to get this because it's non KYC sats and your, your privacy is observed. Same is true when you use other ways to get non KYC sats, you're going to have a little bit of a premium that you pay. So anyways, I'm super interested in this. I'll also do videos on, on regular ASIC mining and, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes, but super interesting there. Let's keep going. Last couple things. So I talked to a lot of people while I was traveling. And uh, the idea came up to do in-person workshops, like hands-on. I come to a city um, and we cover some sort of a topic, whether it be, you know, the basics of self-custody, backing up wallets, recovery, all that kind of stuff, perhaps. But also some more in-depth stuff like maybe i go to a city and we go like a deep dive on cold card like how do you set it up how do you do air gapped transactions how do you clone a cold card how do you migrate it recover it how do you use a pass passphrase all of these different things maybe we could do that maybe i could come and we could do an in-depth dive into how to do multi-sig entirely on your own um, and set it up with something like sparrow wallet and a couple different hardware wallets something like that um, the idea here would be getting in a group, capping attendance, maybe to a maximum of 20 people. So I used to teach in schools too, like not, not this, I, I taught little kids how to break dance, but I could, I could typically teach a class, you know, a combined classes of like 50 or 60 kids, something like this. I'd probably want to cap it at like 20 people because when you get a larger group, it's, it's harder to. Um, get that focused attention and make sure everybody's understanding and, and everything. So I feel 20, I'd be pretty confident about. Now there's a lot of logistics involved here um, and expenses. You know, I got to fly to a place. I've got to get accommodation, Ubers, meals, all that kind of shit pops up. That can get expensive. Um, that's why. And I, and again, with limited class size, it's not like you can just invite a hundred people because the quality isn't there. So anyways, I, I put up this thread. I kind of got feedback from people. Uh, again, some people seem pretty uh, interested in like cold card mastery or multi-sig. Plenty other ideas. Oh, always open to your ideas. So if you want some, just drop them into the chat and I'll peruse that afterwards. Um, price point, I'm kind of looking. And again, like if 10 people were to attend... I might be able to cover expenses between flights and accommodations and all of the other shit involved, um, renting up a space and all that kind of stuff with a ticket price around 250 bucks. Um, you know, maybe with 10 people, 300 bucks, something like that. That seems to be the price range. I know that's going to be out of some people's price range. And then for others, they're going to be like, okay. And these would be like a half day, half day workshops, Obviously, if that's happening, I want to meet all the other Bitcoiners that maybe either can't afford or just, you know, they already mastered the topic at hand. So I'd probably have a, a free meetup and Q&A afterwards and then drinks at a pub, um, things like that. Yeah, I'm just basically looking on, at feedback as to, you know, what would you look for from something like this? What seems like good ideas for topics, locations, if you got a spot that would be... Um, ideal that a lot of bitcoiners that might be interested in something like this um what are your thoughts on the pricing that i mentioned like is it does it make sense um if not would you concede more people at a or price point or is that kind of 
does that get away from the purpose of having that kind of one-on-one interaction? Um, anyways, any of your thoughts, highly valued. I'm still just like tossing this around. I don't even know if it's feasible. I might try a pilot one at some point in the next couple of months and see what happens. I don't even know if it's a good idea yet, but it would be really cool to be able to go around and actually get that, you know, in person, like let's walk through this and do some like group projects around it. I think that would be super awesome. And it brings me back to my days of actually teaching in schools. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Last couple of things here. In case you missed it, I dropped. Uh, oh, and I should say, like, in the context of, of this, uh, these traveling workshops, I will always continue to do free content on YouTube and tutorials that you will always be able to, to use. Okay, so the free shit is going to continue to be there. This is just another thing that obviously there's costs involved and I, you know, I can't like <laughs> just dump money into it. But I will say um, with that ticket price that I was mentioning to kind of in a way of giving back, I would take like a, a percentage of the profits, probably like 10%. And I would just keep socking that away until enough built up that I could fly to El Salvador and do uh, entirely free workshops for them down there. So I think that would be my goal. And hopefully people think that would be a good idea, but we'll see. Um, totally open to suggestions. Uh, anyways, I did drop a tutorial on Monday. No, not Monday. Yesterday. Holy shit. Uh, I got back Monday. I did a tutorial yesterday um, on RoboSats. If you're unfamiliar, this is a way to buy Bitcoin entirely without KYC. Uh, and it's all done with Lightning Network. It's really fucking cool. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm super impressed with it. It's only a few months old. Seemed to work like a charm. So check it out. Play around. The guy at Ro uh, guys at RoboSats that are building this thing are super awesome. They were uh, seemed to be pretty stoked that uh, you know there's a video tutorial on it. So again, kudos to you guys. You're the ones building this shit, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So keep going. There you go. Another KYC on and off ramp. Check them out. Uh, and then I've got, why are we bullish? We're back tomorrow. Um, we've got Sean Connell, Jen Urso, and Mark Stephanie. And uh, it's all, all new guests, actually. Very exciting. So we'll be on tomorrow. Same time, same channel, all that good stuff. And to wrap it up there, I know that I didn't hit everything about the conference, but I, I've got to say it was a good fucking time. It was awesome. Got to see the plebs. Oh, no, we're not done. We're not done. Hold on, back it up here. This is what I meant. This is what I wanted to do. Speaking of why are we bullish? When I was down in Miami, I, I met a lot of great people. And I asked, well, why are you bullish? Why are you bullish? And I got some responses. I got a four-minute clip uh, with a mix of responses as to why are you bullish. Let's hear what this had to say. The reason that I'm bullish on Bitcoin is because I've looked for a community of people, diverse people from all over the world that have come around a common purpose. And that common purpose is sound money, it's integrity, it's the search for truth. And there's no other community on this earth like the Bitcoin community. 30,000 people here in Miami that are all coming together for a better future. In the world of so much division, when it comes to politics, when it comes to you know, social inclination, whether or not you had a vaccine or not. We got all these people coming together for something beautiful that's actually gonna make the world a better place. And for that reason, I'm so bullish on Bitcoin. So many people come to Bitcoin out of fear. They worry about inflation, politics, where the state of the world's going. But the people who stay, they stay out of love. And that's what this whole damn 
thing is all about. It's about a whole lot of love. I am bullish as fuck on lightning. What do you think is gonna happen when McDonald's, Starbucks, Walmart, the biggest chains in the world, realize they don't need to pay the 3% of fucking Visa anymore? <laughs> like, this is the future, man. I am bullish really because my son, also Jason, and I recently discovered something called Generation B uh, that was created by um, Autumn Domingo. That's right, uh, Autumn Domingo. She'll actually be on a uh, panel with uh, Elizabeth Stark later on today. And uh, she created a group for teenagers. My son's almost 15. And uh, teenagers and other young people who are getting into Bitcoin, they meet uh, online every week and uh, like every, I believe every Sunday. And they just talk about the things they're working on. They help each other out, collaborate, and that sort of thing. And uh, not last night, the night before that, they had a meetup, an in-person meetup. And oh, looking yeah. over at them, awesome. yeah, yeah, it, it was fire. Like, it, all of us grown-ups were sitting, all the you know, old, old fogies were sitting over on the, on the, the um, chairs or um, you know, couches somewhere else. And every time I looked over at my son and his brother and several other kids, it was, it, it was electrifying, and so uh, I just felt I feel so bullish on the future. I feel so bullish on the rising generation, and it just makes me so excited for Bitcoin and everything that Bitcoin is doing right now and that will do for generations to come. <laughs> I'm bullish because uh, Bitcoin is the phoenix rising from the ashes of fiat. It's the heartbeat of a world to come. TikTok next block. Also, it fixed me. That's why I'm bullish as fuck. I have like 10 million reasons for being bullish, but I'm bullish because Bitcoin is freedom, Bitcoin is love. I'm super bullish on mining. I can't believe all the innovations that are happening in that space um, and how it's gonna affect the energy sector. I think that the US is about to get schooled on energy, so that makes me super bullish. And um, I'm bullish because of the plebs. My God, I've met so many amazing people here that are holding Bitcoin. They all have a message, they all have a reason. They're really grounded in saving humanity, frankly, <laughs> from government overreach. So from the moment I heard about Bitcoin, I watched my first video maybe two years ago, and it just like all hit me at one time. You know, the messages that Bitcoin has to share with us all. And I'm just now understanding the fundamentals behind that message. So I'm still a newbie in this space. But I invite everybody to join me. You know, come on, get off zero. That's all you got to do. Uh, I'm bullish because as the world continues to get more and more centralized, I think that Bitcoin is one of the best tools that we have available to pull in the other direction, decentralize, and protect uh, our hard work and savings for the future. Bitcoin fuckboy. Uh, why is Bitcoin? Why am I bullish on Bitcoin? Uh, I'm here for the big titty bitches and eternal riches. <laughs> How's that for the last one? Uh, <laughs> I've got to say, Bitcoin fuckboy is that was probably one of the best introductions that, <laughs> that I've ever had to somebody. He like ran across uh, a grassy area outside. He's like, yo, man, Bitcoin fuckboy. <laughs> I just I don't know. I had to laugh. It was fantastic. Um, anyways, uh, it was a hell of a time. And uh, and the uh, her name is uh, Bitcoiner Bish on twitter but she was absolutely right meeting all the plebs hanging out was just so awesome there was even there's a guy on twitter named uh hodl tarantula and 
he he was like, let's do a get together. We're going to find a place for all the plebs to go. And he called up some random taco joint, like a small place, like had, I think, four tables inside and maybe two outside. <laughs> and he calls him up. He's like, yo, I've got a fuckload of people to bring. Do I need a reservation? And they're like, no, like you can just just come. He's like, I don't think you understand. I have a fuckload of people. And uh, they they told him just come. And so they show up and like, I don't know, it must have been a hundred plebs just descended upon this taco joint, which just everywhere, all having beers until they shut down. And uh, it was an incredible time. And, uh, you know, we <laughs> we had a few good chants of fuck shit coins and all the good stuff. And then we wandered down to the beach. It was it was a great time. Uh, so I got to say, shout out to all the plebs. Shout out to everybody that came up and said hello and there were multiple times where, you know, I teared up a little bit where just everybody was so, so nice and gracious and, and kind to even come up and say anything to me at all. And, uh, you know, I totally lost my voice just from talking to like in amazing people that just wanted to come up and say, Hey, thanks for making a video or thanks for helping me learn something. And, uh, I'm eternally grateful for that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a time I'll never forget. So if you came up and said, Hey to me, just know that it was uh, I felt it here and I very much appreciate it. So thank you guys so much with that. I'm going to wrap up. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, if you want to help with the show, you can hit up the sponsors down below. Shake pay, Leaden, bit refill, Keystone, Bill Foddle. They're all down there. Uh, of course, like subscribe, share all that really helps. And if you really like what you saw, you can drop me a Bitcoin tip at my strike page, strike.me slash BTC sessions. Type any amount you like there, hit the tip button. You'll see a lightning invoice. Or if you like, you can tap to the right and you'll see a regular Bitcoin QR code. With that, I'm out. I'll be back tomorrow for Why Are We Bullish? Uh, yeah, that's it. Have a wonderful day or evening, wherever you may be. See you guys next time for your daily session. Bitcoin.